Good morning and welcome to Bethel Lutheran Church in Templeton this beautiful fall morning. I'm Mary Steinweber and will be leading worship for you online today. So glad that you have come and we pray that as we worship together with all the gifts of this worship service, the music, the liturgy, the hymnody, Uh, and the Word of God, that you would find blessing and growth uh, as a result of our time together. So let us open our hearts and minds and spirits and our hands as we receive the gifts from God today. Together, let us uh, bring our hearts toward God as we confess our sin. Oh God, you have been so gracious to us. You have given us so many wonderful gifts. They outnumber the stars in the sky. You have kept your promises to us and have been faithful. But we, God, have forgotten your grace and faithfulness. The idols that we enjoy, self-righteousness, safety, prosperity, entice us and ensnare us. We think that we are our own God, but that's who you are. We cry out for forgiveness to you, merciful one. Only through Jesus' death do we have your forgiveness. Continue to be faithful to your promise to love us to walk with us and to teach us. Strengthen us this week 
so that we may love, trust, and obey you, our gracious God. Amen. For the love which from our birth Over and around us lies Christ our God to Thee we raise This our sacrifice of praise For the wonder of each hour Of the day and of the Christ our God, to Thee we raise this our sacrifice of praise. For the joy of human love, brother, sister, parent, child, friends on earth and friends above, for all gentle thoughts and mild. Christ our God, to Thee we raise this our sacrifice of praise. For each perfect gift of Thine, peace on earth and joy in heaven, for Thyself best gift divine to our world so freely given. Christ our God, to Thee we raise this our sacrifice of grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And now the Kyrie. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Creator of the universe, you made the world in beauty and restore all things in glory through the victory of Jesus Christ. 
We pray that wherever your image is still disfigured by poverty, sickness, selfishness, and war and greed, the new creation in Jesus may appear in justice, love, and peace to the glory of your name. Amen. Today, uh, we come to the Bible uh, with a reading from the book of Luke, uh, Luke chapter 12, about um, relying on God for all things and not worrying about our life, what we will eat or what we will wear, but to consider um, that with God's attention and care that we do not need to be afraid, simply to uh, lean on God, our maker, And then we'll be looking at the book of Acts chapter 17, which is a continuation of Paul's journey uh, into uh, modern day Greece, but into Mesopotamia. And we find Paul today in Athens. And he's there because he is waiting for his buddies to show up. They have all kind of escaped quickly, Timothy and Silas coming from Thessalonica and from Berea, um, where they had been agitating the crowds, which we have read over and over again and stirring them up. And so the believers sent Paul to the coast and um, and he was going to meet up with Timothy and Silas. So the new setting for today's scripture in the book of Acts is Athens. I think some of you probably have been to Athens, so you have probably a good picture of this. So we will be hearing um, about Paul's journey and about his preaching there. A reading from the book of Acts, the 17th chapter. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he argued in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons, and also in the marketplace, every day with those who happened to be there. Also, some Epicurean and Stoic philosophers debated with him. Some said, What does this babbler want to say? Others said, He seems to be a proclaimer of foreign divinities. This was because he was telling the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. So they took him and brought him to the Areopagus and asked him, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? It sounds rather strange to us, so we would like to know what it means. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners living there would spend their time in nothing but telling or hearing something new. Then Paul stood in front of the Areopagus and said, Athenians! I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription, To an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you, the God who made the world and everything in it, He who is Lord of heaven and earth does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, 
since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. From one ancestor, he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they would live so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him, though indeed he is not far from each of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said. For we too are his offspring. Since we are God's offspring, we ought not to think that the deity is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the arts and imagination of mortals. While the God has overlooked the times of human ignorance, now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will have the world judged in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. When they heard the resurrection of the dead, some scoffed, but others said, We will hear you again about this. At that point, Paul left them, but some of them joined him and became believers, including Dionysius, the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The psalm for today is Psalm 95, and I will be reading from Psalms for Praying, which is a bit of a paraphrase on Psalm 95. O come, let us sing to the Most High, Creator of the cosmos. Let us make a joyful song to the Beloved. Let us come to the Radiant One with thanksgiving. With gratitude, let us offer our psalms of praise. For the beloved is infinite, the breathing life of all. The depths of the earth belong to love, the highest, the height of the mountains as well. The sea and all that is in it, the dry land and air above were created by love. Oh, come, let us bow down and give thanks. Let us be humble before the blessed one. Oh, today that we would hearken to the beloved voice. Harden not your hearts as in the days of old, that you be not separated from love. Be not like those who hear the Spirit's voice and heed it not. Thinking to be above the teacher, for life is but a breath in the eternal dance, a gift to be reverenced with trust, an opportunity to grow in spirit and in truth, that in passing into new life, you may enter into the new Jerusalem. Our hearts are stirred. Alleluia, Lord, 
we sing for the good news that you bring. The gospel reading for today is from the book of Luke, the 12th chapter, beginning with verse 22. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things. And God knows that you need them. But seek God's kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. This is the gospel. It is wonderful to be with you today. In preparation for today's sermon, I have been thinking about you and asking God, what is it that the people of Bethel hunger for? What do they need from you today? So let's focus together and see if we can hear God speaking to us where we have hunger pains and then feed us. Let us pray. Open our, the eyes of our hearts, gentle God. Show us that which will cause us to grow. Help us to find joy, knowing that in you we live and move and have our being. Amen. God wants to be proclaimed in every way possible. Paul was in Athens at the Areopagus, which is a prominent rock outcropping northwest of the Acropolis. Perhaps some of you have been there. Paul had fled to Athens, actually to wait for Timothy and Silas after he had to flee from Thessalonica and Berea in northern Greece. As Pastor Amy has said, and as we have heard in many, for many weeks, Paul's words about Jesus tended to upend the status quo and cause a ruckus. Anyway, Paul was waiting for Silas and Timothy to arrive, and it was then that he was wandering around the city of Athens and discovered that there were many temples and altars to gods, Greek gods, Ares, Zeus, Hermes, Aphrodite, etc. And he even found a temple and an altar to an unknown god. The Greeks were known to be thoughtful and curious and learned people, active seekers, looking for one who might save them, keep them, provide for them. Perhaps people were actually seeking help from the gods. 
The temple of the unknown God caught Paul's attention. It, it caught my attention too. We actually worship a God who is known, who can be seen, who in Jesus has provided the visible likeness of the one who created us, the visible likeness of an invisible God. Paul was trying to help, to help people hear that good message. Today, people are looking for help all over the place, wanting to be rescued, to find importance, to find meaning, to have purpose, to belong. And Paul started writing about idolatry. Now, Martin Luther had much to say about idolatry. He has written about the Ten Commandments in both the small catechism and in the large catechism. He writes about the first of the ten commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. Martin Luther writes, that is, you are to regard me alone as your God. Well, what does this mean and how is it to be understood? What does to have a God mean or what is God, asks Luther. And then he answers, a God is the entity whom we are to look for all good and in which we find refuge in all need. Therefore, to have a God is nothing else than to trust and believe in that one with your whole heart. As I, I being Luther, have often said, it is the trust and faith of the heart alone that make both God and an idol. If your faith and trust are right, then your God is the true one. Anything in which your heart relies and depends, I say, is really your God. Now you can imagine that it's possible to have many gods like the Greeks, the things that have captured our hearts and our attention, which can easily draw us to depend on them for our salvation. For example, money, prestige, beauty, success, my home security system, the success of our children, an important job, recognition, influence, charm, cars. What else do you think of that has captured your heart? I confess that each morning in my whispering anxiety about retirement, and the question, will there be enough in retirement? I look up my checking account online every morning. I have tried not to do that, at least not before prayer time, but I can't seem to help it. I wonder what would happen if I could go to God first. To have a God is nothing else than to trust and believe in God with our whole heart. Luther continues, idolatry does not consist merely of erecting an image and praying to it. It is primarily in the heart, which pursues other things and seeks help and consolation from creatures or saints or devils. It neither cares for God or expects good things from God. God desires to use and is using every avenue possible to get our attention, to grab our hearts. 
People have bemoaned the negative effects of social media, of which there are many, but God can use all these avenues, Facebook, Snapchat, texting, search engines, YouTube. And just as I say these words, I'm very mindful that even 25 years ago, these were not common words. God, I believe, provides us with a multitude of encounters, including social media. We're able to speak of the hope that we have in Jesus. A time and a place and situations where we can tell of the one in whom we live and move and have our being. I have spoken about the streaming series, The Chosen, several times here, and I urge you to try to take a look at it. The first season, eight episodes, mostly from the Bible, is a wonderful portrayal of Jesus and his followers. You can find it on YouTube. One of the goals of the creators of The Chosen was to reach those who would not be found in church, reach those who might not have access to a knowable God. After the completion and airing of season one, the series producers decided to gather nine young adults from Generation Z, those who are 10 to 25 years old, to watch the first season together. They flew nine unrelated people from all over the United States, unknown to one another, mostly in their 20s, to Texas to watch and respond to each episode as a group. It is very touching to hear from them as individuals how God moved in and through and with them as they heard and saw and experienced the good news of Jesus, the love and compassion that he expresses. And at the end of their time together, they gathered in a group, uh, in a circle around the man who played Jesus, who the actor, Jonathan Romy, as he listened to their comments, there was a young man named Adrian who said, growing up, I didn't have much faith. So I did a lot of research into Egyptian spirituality and Buddhism, world religions. So I believe in many gods. I refuse to believe that there's just one higher power out there. People can believe in anything they want to. But I find myself saying that God is good or God bless and bless you. So Jonathan very gently asked, well, why don't you say the gods are good or gods bless you? Well, I don't know, said Adrian. I'm, I'm kind of back and forth on that. One versus many. But watching The Chosen helped me to open up a bit more. I'm getting a better understanding of who Jesus was. Jonathan then said something quite surprising and very loving. He said, Adrian, God is calling you. He wants to know you on a deeper level. So that tug that you're feeling is Christ trying to, trying to get to know you. That's what that is. You have nothing to lose to explore. And as you get closer and closer, you'll know what is true. But I think he's calling you. And then Adrian began to weep. I think God is calling you. Well, God seems to show up where we don't expect 
The savior of the world seeks the most broken of the souls, the lost, the least of these. God shows up to the people that you wouldn't expect with and in a way that you wouldn't expect. I think when Paul Paul saw the altar to the unknown God, he had compassion on the people who were troubled and helpless like lambs without a shepherd. He wanted them to know that they have access to a known God. He wants them to know that God is the one who created all things. God is a living God. And that worshiping of creatures made of gold and silver and stone cannot do much for you. God is one who wants to engage with people and with this earth. God wants relationships with humans and is living and active and engaged, full of love and forgiveness. And one who is a healer and restorer of broken things. Well, today you'll notice that we celebrate the feast of St. Francis of Assisi, who lived in the 1200s and was an Italian believer in Jesus. He lived a radical life of poverty and began the order of Franciscan monks who were committed to living in poverty. I didn't think he wrote much, although Julie has done a beautiful job of finding his prayers and songs for today's worship service. So I decided to look up what the current Pope Francis had to say about idolatry. He said this in a sermon, the true God teaches how to live in everyday reality in a practical way, not with illusions about the future. So today I invite you to think, how many idols do I have and which one is my favorite? Because recognizing one's own forms of idolatry is the beginning of grace and it puts one on the path of love. Above all, everything stems from the inability to confide in God, to place our insecurities in him, to allow him to give true depth to the desires of our hearts. What is my idol, says the Pope? Remove it and throw it out the window. Amen. Let us pray. Dear God, urge us to allow Jesus, the living bread, to heal us from our self-absorption, open our hearts to self-giving, liberate us from the rigidity of self-concern, free us from the slavery of defending our image and inspire us to follow you wherever you would lead us. Amen. Trust me in the thought 
His hand the wonders wrought. This is my Father's world, the birds their carols raise, the morning light, the lily white, declare their Maker's praise. This is my Father's world, He shines in all that's fair. In the rustling grass I hear Him pass, He speaks to me everywhere. This is my Father's world, let me not forget that though the wrong seems of so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my Father's world. Why should my heart be sad? The Lord is King. Let heaven ring. God reigns, let earth be glad. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Living and gracious God, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you have brought us out to a spacious place where we are called to live as those redeemed. Empower us by your spirit to keep your commandments that we may show forth your love with gentle word and reverent deed to all your people. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. 
Where there is hatred, let your love increase. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Walls of pride and prejudice shall cease. When we are your instruments of peace. Where there is hatred, we will sow his love. Where there is injury, we will never judge. Where there is striving, we will speak his peace. To the people crying for release, we will be his instruments of peace. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let your love increase. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Walls of pride and prejudice shall cease When we are your instruments of peace Where there is blindness We will pray for sight Where there is darkness We will shine his light Where there is sadness We will bear their grief to the millions crying for release We will be his instruments of peace Lord, make us instruments of your peace Where there is hatred, let your love increase Lord, make us instruments of your peace Walls of pride and prejudice shall cease When we are your instruments of peace When we are your instruments of peace When we are your instruments of peace Go now in peace to love and serve our God. Thanks be to God.